those type of things just really helped me lock in more than ever. It really doesn't matter, but uh, I've been as locked in as I've ever been in my career. Welcome, Bab Eats listeners. It's your boy, Spaz, Parlay Prince of the South, and I just want to get it out of the way now. Last week, Deion Sanders did steal my microphone, and that's why I sounded like I was underwater. Stole my <laughs> microphone at the Southern Heritage Classic, but regardless, I'm with my boys, Whipple, and this is Spaz, Parlay Prince of the South. Tune in to another episode of the greatest podcast of all time, the Bab Beats Podcast, where we discuss how you can make money gambling on NFL and college football. Whipple, how's it going? It's going great. And I just want to take this moment, too, to thank you guys, the listeners, as, you know, like Spaz said, this is the greatest podcast on earth, and that is statistically backed up. This is the greatest podcast on earth. We have yet to receive anything other than a five-star review. That puts us in the 1% of the greatest podcast of all time. So I want to thank you guys for that. And, yeah, we're sitting here. It is September 17th. We are week one in the books for the NFL season, week two and a half, I guess, maybe three for college football because they have fucked up weeks and stuff like that. Well, football is officially in full swing. Week one, like I said in the books, let's just kick it off with, with college football. And last week, um, you know, what did you see last week as far as any of the big games? Last week, there was a lot of shootouts. The biggest surprise to me was USC getting stomped by Stanford, BYU beating Utah. Overall, pretty crazy week. A lot of, uh, you know, upsets. Jacksonville State beat Mike Norvell at Florida State. They've yet to get a win. Just all-around craziness. You know, it's the best time of the year where the first three weeks of college football is anything can go, anything can happen. Yeah, I love I love the, the first week, really, of college football. The second week, I have to admit, I'm not crazy about. The second and third week, I'm not crazy about because we see these wonky matchups like fucking Virginia versus Norfolk State and shit like that. So I'm not crazy about those matchups, but we did see some good stuff. Um, I, I guess the biggest one was Iowa, Iowa State. But, Obviously, Iowa showed that they're the big dogs in that state. Yeah, but you're only impressed by Norfolk State because they beat Michigan State in 2012 when Michigan State was a two seed <laughs> in March Madness. But the best game, and yes, Iowa, Iowa State was great, was that Jacksonville State-Florida State game, man. It came down to the very last second. You play until the clock runs out, man. And that Jacksonville State Cats proved it. Yeah, and so I don't know if you saw that last play. And for those who didn't see the last play, we just uploaded it on TikTok. It's just a, it's, it's, It was a wild play. I think they're sitting at about their own 35, maybe 40. Throws a bomb. The guy can't even get it to the end zone. Throws like a 30-yard Hail Mary. The guy catches it on like his own, on the on uh, Florida State's 20. And there's only two guys there to try to even stop him. Again, this is the last play of the game. There's four seconds left. The guy, you know, again, catches it, jukes one guy, and then just cuts across the field for a touchdown. They win the game. That's typical Florida State. They're down bad like always. And this raises the question to you, Spaz, as we saw Clemson beat the living daylights out of South Carolina State. Is, is, this, is it Clemson's ACC to lose? No, and I know you're always riding Clemson, and, you know, this is their year, like always. But, no, I think it's UNC and Sam Howell's year to lose because Sam Howell was so hyped up coming into the season about Heisman talk, Heisman this, Heisman that. UNC finally got a defense, they said. They finally got a secondary. I think it's UNC's year, believe it or not, to lose. Yeah, well, he did just put up three over 350 yards passing on a 59 spot against Georgia State. 
Um, there's one thing before we kind of jump into this upcoming week and talk about the picks and what we got going on there. There's one thing that I have to get off my chest and it's hard for me to say this publicly and say this out loud, but army, the army football team, you are officially dead to me for what you guys did on the 20th anniversary of nine 11. And so just to break it down for you guys. And again, I, I might get emotional speaking about this. I did lose some money, but that's not what it's about. This was about America and America coming together. Anyways, Army is up 35 to 14 with eight minutes left. The cover is minus six. Army is clear as day going to cover this thing. And then out of nowhere, just like Al-Qaeda, they just fucking start storming back into this thing, <laughs> Western Kentucky. Next thing you know, it's a, it's a touchdown game. There's one touchdown game. I'm like, okay, well, I'm fucked You know, if, this, if they can cover this, blah, blah, blah. Um, Army goes ahead. They kick a field goal with a minute left. So now they're up 10. Again, I, it spreads minus six. What do you think happens? The North Tower goes down. Western Kentucky storms back into this <laughs> thing, and, and they, they, they fucking cover the spread. I lost my ass. America, that was a sad day for America. But again, I just had to get that out. What are you? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I know you were watching that one. I mean, believe it or not, as you guys do know, I'm a degenerate, but I did serve in the United States Army, and I could just say, what happened Saturday was the worst thing to ever happen to the United States military. I've never seen a bloodbath executed uh, dysfunctionally and just a clear as day miss. But we really want to get into this week's uh, games. I know you guys are. But speaking of dog shit teams like Army, I want to introduce a new segment if that's cool with you. And it's called the D- Spaz's Dog Shit Matchup of the Week. And it's going to be one. I'm going to try to pick one game to watch the two worst teams Every week, I just want to get your opinion on this. This week, I'm picking South Carolina State against New Mexico State. The two dead last teams in college football head-to-head in Las Cruces, New Mexico, play at 7 p.m. Central Time. I'm all in on the under in this game. What is that? What's the under sitting at? They don't even have one. Jeez. (laughs) That's usually how those things go. So I got one for you. So we're going to do Alcorn State. I don't know where the fuck that is. They're heading into South Alabama to play on to play the South Alabama Jaguars. Jaguars. Yep, they're good. They're a good school. Yeah, and so I'm just kind of looking here, again, just real quick. It looks like it's going to be a nice, cool 83 degrees in Mobile, Alabama. I'm not seeing any sort of a line on this. I don't know if anyone knows this game's even being played. But that's my dog shit matchup of the week. It is on ESPN3, so if you have ESPN3, you might want to tune into this one. Hell yeah, I love South Alabama. They're actually pretty good coming out of the Sun Belt, I believe. But the biggest matchup this week, finally what you guys are here for, my favorite game of the week, my SEC schools have a head-to-head clash, Alabama opening up as a 14-and-a-half spread against University of Florida. I love Bama, and I'm just going to – I know we're all over the place, but this is my guaranteed college football lock of the week. Bama minus 14 and a half. Hammer it. Book it. I think Bama wins this game by 21. Yeah, and so this is a game that I'm staying away from the spread just because I think you could be right. Because you're pussy. I mean, no, well, no, hold on a second. Hear me out here. So Alabama, again, they could run here. They could probably win by 80 points, but they could also win on some backdoor shit by, by 13 points. So I'm going to stay away from that, but what I am doing – is I'm going out back, I'm grabbing the shovel out of the shed, and I'm digging up the house, and I'm throwing it on this over because I think this over is guaranteed money. We see two high-powered offenses. I think either of these teams alone could put up the over. I think the over right now, the last I saw, 
was 58 and a half. I just checked again. It's up to 60. I was able to get in at 58 and a half. I still love 60. I'm just going to, I'm going to hammer it right now too, just to say, fuck it. Cause you guys are all pansies and I'm hammering 60. If it goes up to 65, I'm hammering it. Who knows? I might take an alternate line for over 75. All I'm saying is there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. So far this season through two games, we're looking at two teams, you know, Florida, they're averaging over 600 yards of offense per game. Alabama, obviously they can score at will. They don't even play in the second half. They're averaging almost averaging almost 500 yards a game. And then yards allowed, obviously, with the SEC, it's so hard to tell what's actually going on. But we have two defenses that have allowed over 300 yards a game. So, again, this is going to be an over that's just going to be outrageous. I mean, I like – realistically, if this over was 112, 113, I'd still hit it. What do you think? I love it. I actually got the line opened up at 55.5 on BetMGM. I took it. Trey Dean the third is going to start for Florida at safety. He's had a lot of problems, especially against Florida Atlantic University – and Southern Florida, which are two dog shit schools. If he's struggling against those two quarterbacks, I know he's going to struggle against your boy Bryce Young, who's the favorite to win the Heisman. And another little uh, tidbit on the over-under, 71% of the public took the under, so you know what that means, boys. Cash yes, the over, sir. always fade the public, fuck the public. Love that. Honestly, when I see the public doing some shit like that, I'm all for it. And again, how soon do we forget – Again, I get it's two different teams this year, but how soon do we forget last year's matchup of Alabama-Florida? What was the final on that one, 52 to 46 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Trask put up about 600 yards. Right, and again, I get it's different teams. I understand that. But when two big programs like this face off, it's a swamp. I mean, there's going to be – the ball is going to be flying. I, I, I love points here. That's one of my locks of the week. That's not my, my whale nuke super lock of the week. But I'll get into that. What other games this week interest you as far yeah, as college football? So you were talking about the public this, the public that. I wanted to uh, talk to you about this, and I you know, talked to you a little bit about it, but University of Cincinnati is going to play Indiana Saturday, and I believe the game is in Indiana. And 99% of the public is on Cincinnati to cover three and a half points. It was at 97% of the public, and now I'm looking at it. 99% of the public and 98% of all – Cincinnati to cover. What do you think about that? So this doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, how do you have a game where it's 99% of the people on one side? I just, I don't understand that. I get if it's like 91, 93, maybe even 95, but you're telling me in a room of a hundred people are going to stand up and say they want to put money on Cincy. I just don't see that in this one. I would just say because Indiana and the Big Ten are dog shit and the American Athletic Conference is the best conference of football. But Cincinnati's well, hold on a, a second. They're in the Big 12, though. I know it's obviously not confirmed yet. They haven't officially merged in, but in my eyes, Cincinnati's in the Big 12. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati's got a really good football roster. This is a really good team. Now, I know it's different teams, but last year when they played Ohio State, they got blanked 42 to nothing. I watched that game. Hopefully, you know, they want some vengeance for that Big Ten colossal smash against them. I really like this Cincinnati team. They got a lot of weapons, especially the running game. You got Shepard and Thomas, which is a dual threat, sophomore freshman combo of running backs. You can just run it through your fucking face. They have an outstanding offensive line. They don't really allow any sacks on the Cincinnati Bearcats team. So I do like Cincy. I just don't like that half point. Anytime it's three and a half in NFL or college, I tend to stay away. And, you know, the general rule for all you betters out there is, don't take an underdog when it's three and a half points unless you think they can outright win the game. 
Yeah. And just to kind of go off what you were saying, you know, speaking of sacks, you know, did you see Carl Nazib, you know, the, the first openly gay player on uh, last or what was that Monday night where he yeah, it was a game of the year. Lamar? Yeah. And again, I, I don't want to get it all over the place. Obviously, we'll touch on that. But that just brought it to my head. Um, what's let me see another game that I really like this week. and I wanted to get your take on it specifically because I know I have some biotism towards it. But, you know, we have uh, Michigan State traveling into Miami to take on the Hurricanes. The line sits right now at Miami minus six and a half, Michigan State plus six and a half. What are you leaning on this one? I like Michigan State to cover. I don't know if they win, but that Youngstown State game that Michigan State just played where they beat them by about 28 points, it didn't really sell me enough because Youngstown State is a dog shit school. I think even them putting up 14 points against Michigan State says a lot because if this was Nick Saban's team and Youngstown State puts 14 points up against Bama, the whole team would be, you know, doing suicides all week. So I don't know yet enough about this Michigan State football team, but I, I do think they cover. Miami's not that strong this year. Every year it seems like the public loves Miami. They just haven't showed me enough. And De'Ara King really struggled against Appalachian State. He, they found a way to win that game, but it wasn't convincing enough to me. Yeah, and I agree with that as far as the, the you know the Miami Appalachian State matchup went. They didn't look impressive. They were actually trailing most of that game, I believe. But uh, so just to kind of take it back a little bit on um, Michigan State, you know they were up like thirty-five nothing at half. So this was one of those games where they gave up. They weren't playing in the second half. I don't even think Kenneth Walker, their star running back, who is going to be a first-round pick, I'm locking that in. By the way. Um, he didn't even play in the second half. So he's going to be fresh, too. He even had like a, only a few touches in the first half. He's going to be fresh. He's going to be ready to go. What I'm going to do for this game, and tell me if you like it, is I'm going to take an alternate spread, Michigan State plus seven. It's probably going to be like minus 130. I still love that, though, enough to, to hammer it. And, again, that, that's just ensuring that Michigan State, let's say they do win or lose by, you know, a late touchdown or something like that. Um you know, I'm still going to get paid. So, I mean, is that something you'd get on to, or is this something you're just going to stay away from? I love that uh, plus seven or plus seven and a half, mainly because of Walker, like you were touching on. He runs so much. I mean, look at that uh, Northwestern game. Walker had 264 yards. Their court, Michigan State's quarterback only had 185 passing yards. So I think Michigan State's ability to run the ball so much and to kill that clock is going to help with staying into the game. I love that plus seven. I, I love teasers. I just hate that six and a half and three and a half looks. Yeah. Half points always screw me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, speaking about one that's right now that doesn't have a half point, and it's one of your favorite traditions in all of college football, we see Auburn and your boy, or maybe I should say your ex-boy, you've kind of given up on him here as he's having a career year, it looks like. But Bo Nix and Auburn head into the Happy Valley and they're going to be taking on the Whiteout and Penn State. And again, it's sitting right now at Auburn plus five. So kind of surprising there. Do you got any thoughts on this one? Yeah, my first thought is every game for Penn State is a whiteout. Have you seen those students? But my second thought is it's in Penn State. Everyone's on Penn State this year like they always are. I think they're ranked number 10. They just ran through Ball State. And, you know, when they beat Wisconsin week one, it made me think maybe it's their year in the Big Ten, especially with last week Ohio State, you know, falling. I think maybe this could be Penn State's Big Ten uh, year. But I think they have to win this Auburn game. I see Bo Nix throwing three touchdowns, no interceptions. Penn State covers last second touchdown. I like Penn State minus five. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and rumor has it they're actually going to dig up Joe Paterno for this one and wheel him out uh, during halftime. So I don't know if that is the case. That place is going to be a zoo. But another one that I wanted to get your take on, and this is my dogs, the Central Michigan Chippewas. They're heading into into LSU, and they're going to be play, They're going to be taking on what some say. Some are saying the LSU uh, Lions. I don't know why people are calling them that, but it's the LSU Tigers. Uh, I believe the line. Actually, I couldn't even tell you what the line. It was is nineteen right and now. a half. Nineteen and a half. Okay. What What's your take on this one? Again, we see a soft LSU team. We see a CMU team that did give Mizzou a run this year already. Uh, obviously, that shows they can hang a little bit within that SEC. I know LSU. You know, every time I think of LSU, I was like, oh, you know, national champions. They just won. But they, they've shown no success after that. I, you know, I, am I crazy for taking CMU with the points here? No, because they did cover against Mizzou. They only lost to 10. And then last week, you know, they routed Robert Morris 45 to nothing, which saved one of Robert Morris. But that just shows CMU's ability to score. I would take CMU with the point. My only concern is they don't know who their starting quarterback is yet because last week, they played three different quarterbacks to see who would do the best. It seems like Sermon's going to be the guy, but they had some really outstanding plays on offense. I think they can hang in this game enough to cover, but I still got LSU winning by about 14 points. CMU covers. Love it. Yeah, I think, like I said, I mean, LSU probably is going to win this one, but 19 points on a team, on a CMU team that can hang with some of those SEC dogs. I guess it's just going to depend on what LSU does that day want to win they'll probably win by 100 but if they've been playing like they have the last year and a half i like cmu with the points as well um is there any other games on this on this week three slate that really stick out to you yeah i will be going to the mike leach mississippi state versus university of memphis in memphis i'll be at that game mississippi state is a three and a half point favorite university of memphis has the number one offense in the country right now they average about 634 yards of offense per game, number Ooh. one in the country. I think it's going to be a shootout. The over-under is at 64. I'm hammering the over, staying away from the line. The public loves Memphis, but we haven't seen an, enough about Mike Leach's team this year. And, you know, after all, they did only beat Louisiana Tech by one point. I think Memphis could beat them, but it's definitely going to be a shootout. I'm hammering that over. Yeah, and so uh, let me ask you this because I know you're obviously more in tune with Memphis than I am. I know you were talking about they had an injured quarterback. What's going on with his situation? Yeah, Grant Gunnell, the starter, he's a transfer from the University of Arizona. He is out for the entire year. Before week one started, the day before the first game, he tore his ACL in practice. It's the first time in Memphis's history where a true freshman quarterback, Seth Hennigan, will be the starter. He has been going off, and he's been looking really good. Against Arkansas State last week, he put up 417 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's a dog. I love this Memphis offense every year. For the number one or number two offense in the country. Sorry, he's got a call. But yeah, I love this Memphis offense. I'm hammering the over. Yeah, no, I love it. And so I guess that brings me into my lock of the week. I mean, this is your whale play, your new, you know, mega whale everything throw your house on it everything lock and it's actually for today's game so those who are going to hear this early they might have time to get in on it maybe a little live betting if you hear this while the game's going on but I'm hammering UCF minus six and a half and it's just because strictly that offense I think this team can score at will this team can score whenever they want you know Gus Melzahn obviously this guy is a proven winner 
I like him over there. I like UCF. That's really my lock of the week. Other than that, you know, I'm not too crazy about any of these guaranteed plays. Um, but I know you were saying that, yeah, your guaranteed lock was was Bama, right? Bama minus 14 and a half. Yeah, uh, Florida lost way too many weapons on offense in the draft. He was the best quarterback in Florida history. Fuck Tim Tebow. But I just love this Bama team. I think every year they get better. It's Nick Saban. He's going to make this a marquee matchup to, you know, beat Florida State by 21 to 30 in case they do end up losing a game to, you know, Georgia or someone this year. Uh, Nick Saban can make the argument for Bama to be in the college football regardless of playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, I think Bama's going to be there. I mean, that's obviously a no-brainer. Um, I guess one more thing I wanted to talk to you about before we jump into the NFL here a little bit, week two action, is the top 25. Obviously, we do this every single week. We talk about the snubs and stand on the AP top 25, and I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm huge on Zach Charbonnet. You guys know that. I have uh, a mortgage payment on him to win Heisman, and I, I don't like them at, at 13. I just think they haven't played enough. They haven't played anybody. You know, again, they beat LSU. Cool, that's great. We know LSU's dog shit. But UCLA at 13, I don't know how they're rising so hard in these ranks just for, for doing nothing. So that's one of my snubs. And then another one that I have to bring out there, too. I know I'm going to get some backlash for this one, and that's Michigan State. They get snubbed at the 25 spot. Instead, Michigan gets it, which is a little bit confusing since Michigan, you know, they played Western Michigan. That's great. My high school team could actually be Western Michigan this year, so I'm not really impressed. And then they just beat Washington. Okay, that's cool. Washington also just lost to Montana. So are we going to rank Montana in the top 25? No, I didn't think so. So those are my two quick snubs and standouts of the week. I'm sure you got some stuff to throw in there as well. Yeah, my biggest uh, standout is Coastal Carolina. They are ranked 16. They have no business being ranked 16. They're in a very weak Sun Belt Conference this year. Their only notable win was Kansas, who only has won one game in two years. And the, the problem with Coastal Carolina is, you know, everyone's all over this Grayson McCall quarterback. And it seems like every year the, the media hones in into one quarterback from a dog shit school where they think this guy's the next Drew Brees, this guy's the next Tom Brady. And they're talking about Grayson McCall. And my problem is this Coastal Carolina team has a just terrible running game. They have four running backs who none of them can do anything. They average about 4.3 yards a game. And they're tied in. Uh, Isaiah likely, he drops every ball. He dropped four balls against Kansas. Coastal Carolina is in a dog shit Sunbelt conference. They're going to get exposed. They have a very weak schedule this year, but there's if they keep winning, the media is going to keep trying to rank them like probably top 10 by the end of the year. Team has no reason why they should be ranked so high. Dang, I keep getting calls. I think it's from Mike Leach. <laughs> Mike Leach, he doesn't want you at that game. He knows you're the good luck charm. And so just kind of taking off on your point here a little bit. So we see, I'm just going to run you through some games here and tell me if there's any chance that Coastal Carolina loses any of these games. They, they play Buffalo in Buffalo tomorrow. Then they play UMass, L.A. Monroe, Arkansas State, Appalachian State, Troy, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Texas State, South Alabama. That's their remaining schedule. I don't think there's really anyone that can even challenge this team and again, what you're saying, obviously the media is going to eat it up every single time this team wins a game. They're going to eat it up. Do you think if this team wins out, there is any hope, any chance, and you already know what I'm going to say, that they can make the playoff? No, not until the college football playoffs expands. If they do go undefeated, they'll be, you know, ranked number eight or nine at the end of the year. 
kind of like a UCF situation that year they beat Auburn and they went undefeated to claim themselves. But I actually think Coastal Carolina loses to Arkansas State week five. Uh, so that will be an interesting matchup. But uh, I did want to say something. Last week we introduced an NFL guaranteed lock. We're going to, you know, go week by week. We're each going to pick one. At the end of the year, the loser has to, you know, do something. Well, we got a bunch of calls. We got a bunch of tweets. And the fans want us to decide between these two situations for the loser. And right now you do have a a one-game lead on me because my Packers lost last week. But I think the punishment should either be, and now this is from the fans, option A, the loser has to go to a women's college basketball game. Option B, Al Davis, the Raiders owner, the loser has to get his haircut for a month. Oh fuck, <laughs> that's a tough one. Honestly, I think I think the worst of the two options is the WNBA game, right? Yeah, I mean, I would rather put a shotgun in my mouth than go to one. Yeah, I think I'd rather shave my entire head off than go to a WNBA game. You know what we should do is we should make a poll on Twitter about what's the worst punishment, and then we'll do one of those two. How does that sound? I love it. Now, what do you think about the NFL games? You know, obviously you were all in on the Giants-Redskins game uh, last night, and, you know, you were saying this could be a better game than that Monday night game, Raiders-Ravens. So what's going on with the NFC East? Is it back? Yeah, so this was probably the most NFC East game I've ever seen in my entire life. We see nothing but just horrible calls on both sides. You know, I would love to say this game was fixed, but it didn't make any sense because on both sides there was horrible calls. There were dropped passes. There were missed field goals. There was – I mean, just look how the game ended. The guy went off sides. The guy shanked the kick. It was like a 45-yard or not even a really a hard kick. I've, I could make that kick. Guy shanks it, bailed out by a – and, again, it was such a marginal offsides call. They called offsides. Obviously, again, you know, you don't miss two of those in a row, so it makes a second one. And, of course, it's a one-point game. I mean, luckily – you know, I took the Giants plus three. You know, we told the premium clients to hit Giants plus three. So that obviously – but it's just like one of those games that this this took no skill, whether if you won or lost, because this could have gone either – This was it was a coin flip at the end of the day on who was going to win this one as far as spread, points, all that stuff. And that's just the most NFC East shit I've ever heard. And so in that sense, I would say, yes, the NFC East is back. Are they back to being, you know, a force? I don't know. I mean, that's something that I think you're going to have to ask the Cowboys and the Eagles. I Honestly, I do like the Cowboys. I think they put on a show on Thursday night against the Buccaneers. It's going to be a great game against uh, the Chargers. They're coming off a long rest. And then, obviously, your Eagles looked fantastic against uh, Atlanta, in Atlanta. And so, I don't know. I think half of that division should be playing in the CFL, and I think half of that division could make it competitive. So, that's kind of my take on it. Um, you know, I'm sure obviously you have some differing opinions. I mean, what do you think of the NFC East this year? I mean, it's the only division that hasn't had a back-to-back winner in 25 years. I think it's literally anybody's year. I think the Cowboys do win that division, sadly. But I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Gano, the kicker from the Giants. He's on my fantasy team. Week one, he had one point. I didn't drop him. I don't have a backup kicker because why would you do that? I started him last night. Boom, 22 points. Points for me in that fantasy game. Dang, my league chief's calling. And Gano, you won my award. <laughs> you know what it the- was? 
It was it was who just called you was his name's Graham Gano. His last name is Gano, and I think he he wanted to call you and let you know you pronounce his name wrong. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but no, I think that's awesome. How how is your fantasy team doing this year? It's dog shit, but I'm really happy I don't have Saquon Barkley because I made that mistake last year, and boy, did he punish me. He did not do anything last year. Seems like he's back to his woes again this year. Yeah, and so tell me if this is a true stat. I don't know if you know this or not. I saw a thing today. So this – it's either this – yeah, it's this season, Saquon Barkley – no, 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 I think it was just just uh, Thursday night. Saquon Barkley had seven carries for 39 yards. And one of those carries was a 41-yard gain. So I know it kind of take a second to realize what I just said there. He has 41 or he has 39 total yards on the season on seven carries. And one of those carries was for 41 yards. So that's, you know, in his six other carries, he's got a net loss of yardage. So I, I don't, again, I don't know if that's true. I just saw a blurb about it before we jumped on today. Is this something that you know about? Can you confirm this? I don't know if I can confirm or deny that, but I can say this. If you are a fantasy owner who owns Saquon Barkley, just consider trading him. You don't know what you can get for him, but make some offers in your league. Yeah, you got to do it now, too, I feel like, because, you know, he still has some value. There's no way he slipped out of the top 15 for you. So, obviously, he was a top 15 pick. Um, So, again, I, I trade him now. I mean, he's got some value. You know, you could probably scam some guy who doesn't know what he's talking about or know what he's doing. But anyways, aside from fantasy, we have a beautiful week two coming up. Is there any games that really stick out to you this weekend? Yes, the Rams and the Colts, that goes to my walk of the week. That's going to be my walk at Rams minus three and a half. Hopefully they don't burn me as I am down zero to one because my Packers screwed me last week. This Rams team really changed my mind. I know it's only been a week, but I do see the Rams representing the uh, NFC this year. Matt Stafford, I've always been a fan of. He's finally on a good team. That defense is just nobody stopping. I know they played the Bears, not a good team, but this Rams defense really stepped up. It showed America they're number one again this year. Their offense is so explosive, can score a billion different ways. I love this Rams-Colts game. And also, as an Eagles fan, to see my former boy Carson Wentz play Indianapolis against a real defense, I think it's going to you know be a hell of a game. And also – Carson Wentz had his first serious injury against the Rams week 13, 2017. Aaron Donald destroyed this man's ankle. It's going to be nice to see if Wentz can get revenge or Donald can injure him again. Yeah, no, and honestly, I'm tailing you on that one. Obviously, it's not my lock of the week because, you know, we have to do it differently. But I am going to be tailing that. And I honestly, I love the over. I, I know people are going to be talking to me about, oh, you know, that, that defense, blah, blah, blah. I still like the over. I think the Rams themselves could put up 35. Obviously, they looked incredible against the Bears. Like you said, it is the Bears. But my lock of the week, maybe lock of the decade, we'll see, is the Cincinnati Bengals money line. Now, what makes me kind of nervous about this one, maybe it actually makes me feel a little bit better, is that the Bengals are actually dogs in this one. And it's kind of confusing after we see the Bears get shredded. And when I say shredded, I mean they just got dismantled by a good quarterback. I like Stafford, as a lot of you guys know. They get dismantled by a good quarterback. They throw the ball a lot. That secondary is so incredibly soft. What do you think when Joe Burrow comes to time? You know damn well Joe Burrow loves to throw the ball. He was throwing it. He threw it 27 times, over 250 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. You know he's going to do the same thing to that soft Bears defense. So I love that. I love the I, – I, 
I just I love the Bengals money line. Fuck the points. Just take the money line. So maybe I'm putting myself at a disadvantage by not taking the points here. But I'm just going to go all in here. And I'm saying Bengals money line is my lock of the week. Man, I would stay away just because it is a Bengals. Fuck that. But I respect where you're coming from. Hopefully, you know, we'll get a tie game uh, one to one. But another game I'm really, really interested in in week. Our Twitter followers said it was the Chiefs Ravens Sunday night in Baltimore. Chiefs minus three and a half. I, I know I was just preaching on this show. Stay away from a half point. It was three and a half. I don't care. The Chiefs minus three and a half. It's Patrick Mahomes show. It's the Chiefs offense. You know, the Ravens have, you know, a good running game despite their running backs being hurt because Lamar Jackson. But that Chiefs defense is going to shut that shit down this week. I got Chiefs winning by 20. Yeah, I got Chiefs winning by 20 as well. I'm also hitting the over fairly hard for this one. That that uh, Ravens defense just looks soft. I think Derek, Derek Carr threw for over 400 yards in that game. What do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to do? So I, I like the Chiefs. I like the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, especially for the Chiefs. And, again, obviously the Ravens, they know how to score the ball. But I'm excited for that one. That one's, Is that a Sunday or Monday? That's Sunday night. My Lions play the fucking the Packers on Monday night. What, what, what do you think about that one? We have two teams, Lions obviously with no future at all, Packers who are actually an NFC favorite but just coming off the ass kicking of a lifetime. And I believe the line stands right now at Packers minus 10.5. It's, it's in minus 12. Lambeau. Oh, it's got all the way to 12. It's in Lambeau, right? No, it's in Green Bay. Yeah, it is. I'm high. Yeah, <laughs> So it's it's going to be in Green Bay. Uh, I mean, 12 is a big number, especially what we saw the Lions do last week about some bullshit uh, backdoor garbage time scoring. I mean, what are you going to take anything on this one or are you going to stay away? That spread's too high. We got a lot of high spreads this week, like the Bucks, Falcons, Browns, Texans. I just think 12 is way too much. I know this could be an Aaron Rodgers revenge game. A lot of people are saying, you know, A-Rod tanked that week one to stick it to the front office. I don't believe that's the case. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would ever tank. But 12 is just too damn high. Lions have potential to backdoor cover. If I had to bet on this game, I would take Lions to cover. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm staying away. I think my Lions are just absolutely dog shit. I might dabble with the over after we just saw how bad these two defenses were in week one. But we'll see We'll see around game time what happens. Um, but that, that's really all I got as far as week two. Again, it's going to be another good week. It's going to be a week where we're going to make a lot of money. If you guys want to make a lot of money too, you know where to find us. We're, you know, our, our premium clients are, they're just getting paid out left and right. You just go to lockedinbets.com and you know, again, we, we just hand these things out like candy. So again, if you, if you like money, which if you listen to this podcast, we know you do check that out. But is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? Yeah, so if you guys do leave a review on the podcast, I don't care if you give us a one-star, five-star, include your Instagram or Twitter handle. We will send you something in the mail. That is a surprise. And also, the hotline is 702-530-6381. The hotline is 702-530-6381. Link will be in the description. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Tell us we're dumb as hell. Tell us what we got wrong on the pod. You know, make fun of us. Tell us what's going on in your life. We will play that call on the show. Yep, absolutely. I, you know what I miss is, is our listener of the week. You know, we used to pull these guys from Chile and Guam. You know, we, I think we should bring listener of the week back next week. 
So again, if you're the new listener of the week, maybe tweet at us. Say hi. I'm from fucking Uganda. You guys should give me a shout out. Whatever it is, you know, we love to hear where you guys are from, where you guys are listening from. So so let us know where you're at, where you're listening from. We'd love to hear it. Yep. And the listener of the week this week is Mike Leach from Mississippi State. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, we make a lot of money this weekend. We know we will. Hopefully, you guys can tail us and do the same. But other than that, peace out, guys. Enjoy your weekend.